0: During his 30 year long law enforcement career, violence, trauma, threats on his life took a dramatic toll leading to substance abuse, adultery, steroid abuse. And he says the biggest threats to his own life came from himself. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host, my name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. Download our free app. We are thrilled to partner with Shatterproof at FHE, the world renowned treatment program for first responders, because at times, helpers need help. Exclusive treatment services for first responders who may suffer from exposure to trauma, PTSD, anxiety, depression, and substance abuse. For free 24 7 information, call 833 776 1420. 833 That's 833 Or online at FHEHealth.com. That's F-H-E-Health.com. Under Programs, you'll find details about Shatterproof. Calling us from northeast portion of Florida, we have John Kelly on the phone. John is a retired law enforcement officer. He's a retired sergeant, sheriff sergeant from Broward County Sheriff's Department, which is just above Miami and just below Palm Beach County. It is huge. It's massive. It's got big population centers, and uh, he did a 30-year career. He's here to talk about his career, some of the threats, some of the things that people don't understand that doesn't get talked about, how it impacted him and what he's doing about it today, John. Thanks so much for being guest on the show; very much appreciated,
1: brother. Thanks for having me; it's my pleasure.
0: First of all, I got to tell you, thank you for your service. Uh, Thirty years is a long time. I did, <laughs> I did eleven years and change, and got hurt and retired on uh, a right. disability, a bunch of surgery steel plates. And I'll be honest with you, John. At the end of that eleven, I was shot out.
1: <laughs> I, I know. right? I mean. Uh... It doesn't take a long time to get beat up in this thing of ours, does it?
0: No, and some people, and I don't know. I don't have the answers. And I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't play one on the radio. Some people tend to do better with it than others, and others just get hammered. And, you know, here's the one thing, and I can't tell your story. But once someone said on the show a long time ago, law enforcement and other first responder fields, it's like they give you a brand new state-of-the-art backpack when you graduate from the academy. And every call you go on, you throw a pebble in that backpack. Some pebbles are really big, some are boulders, and some are tiny. What winds up happening is if you don't find a way to lighten some of the load, you're going to get a little pebble and it's going to burst that backpack and you're going to fall apart.
1: Is that a good
0: way of describing your career?
1: Yeah. I I mean, there's only so much, right? There's only so much a person can suppress... Uh, deny and carry until it it, it, it it rips that backpack, right? It rips that backpack that you were talking about wide open. And then uh, now you're standing there, you know, wondering what the heck do I do now? And uh, it, it sneaks up on you pretty quick if you're not careful.
0: Yeah, and it's a, a slow, cumulative effect, but when, when it gets bad, it can get really, really bad very quickly. And we'll talk about that in your story in a little bit. One of the things... You know, American population, they really don't have a good concept of what happens in law enforcement. And I blame I blame Hollywood. That means TVs, movies, social media and news media for sure. What would be the one thing that from your experience that people really don't comprehend or really don't have a clue about when it comes to policing?
1: I, I think the overwhelming majority of people forget that we're human. That we we are your next door neighbor. We're we're the guy, you know you know, taking in your trash barrels when you're on, uh, you know, when, 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 you know, when we're up early, um, we're the guy standing behind you at the grocery store with, you know, with it. We are just like you. And that, you know, the, we don't have any superhuman powers to, to, to do the job that we do. We get called to do some pretty, uh, extraordinary yeah. things during our careers. And, the toll that that takes on us, uh, it ends up manifesting itself in some really wicked ways. And then, you know, everybody's standing around scratching their head, wondering why. And um, it's just because I'm just like you. I'm no different. I've got the same hopes, dreams, wishes, things that I want for my family. And uh, I'm forced. I'm forced to deal with some really horrific things that I would rather not. That and the other the other big misconception is somehow when we hit the streets, we're looking for a fight. You know, that we we, we want to get into a conflict. And I, I can tell you, the, 30 years, the best day I ever had was when I didn't get a call and I didn't have to fight somebody and I didn't get shot at or I didn't have to pull my gun. Then Those were the best days when those things didn't happen. But, you know, the thought or the premise somehow that we – want to get involved in deadly force encounters. You know, that's a that's a, a fabrication of Hollywood and nonsense. It is uh, it's at the total end of the nonsense. day. It, yeah, it's nonsense. Um there's nobody it's like the soldier, man. The soldier doesn't pray for war. He's the one who bears the burden of that. He doesn't want to go to war because it's gonna be him and his buddies dying. The same is true for a law enforcement professional. They're the last people in the world that want to have that conflict or that confrontation because they know the potential and that somebody's going to get hurt. And uh, and and all too often it ends up being the law enforcement officer. Yeah. So I can recall you know,
0: when you, you mentioned that way, John. I can recall praying at times, and this is a rookie thing. And don't let the rookie say this man, just praying to be a quiet night. Just let me kind of get caught up a little right. bit and slow down. And I just want to be in my patrol car and drink coffee and not, I hate to say this and not have to deal with anybody in their problems. And
1: that never occurred. No, it doesn't. Cause that's, and, and you know, and this is the other thing, you know, we end up getting it all the time. Well, that's your job. You signed up for that. You knew, you knew what you were getting into John when you, when you signed up when you, you took that oath. And, you know, I, I signed up to protect, right. I signed up to protect people that couldn't protect themselves. Um, and that's a very naive statement, right? Because to do that, you've got to deal with the horror every day. And, um, you don't realize as, as, as a people, how inhumane we treat each other. And it's, um, it takes a toll on your soul, man. I it, think it really it, it, does.
0: It, you know, one of the biggest, the hardest things to do, the violence, which we'll talk about in a moment, the violence right. is one thing, the trauma that you see, it would be, whether it be violent crime, accidents, fires, suicides, overdose, all those things take a toll on you. But I think the hardest thing for me was the personal degradation, the way that people lived. And a lot of these people didn't want to be in that situation. It's not like they're bad people. Right. It's just no,
1: never ending. Um, it is, and, and, and you know, never ending, right? You, you know, I worked thirty years, and I saw generations, right? I saw generations, and you know, you'd like to think, right? Isn't the isn't the the theory or the the hope that like my kids have it better than I have it, right? Yeah. And then their kids it, in some communities, it's actually it's the opposite. There's yeah. there's no moving forward. It's a continuing to fall back and, and to fall behind. And, um, and you know, we know the answers, right? But, you know, we're not going to get political with all this, but the, yeah. the answers are, are are clear. But then, you know, in order for that to happen, you know, there needs to be huge systematic change. And, and we need to have impossible.
0: a big wake-up call. And that's part of the reason why we do this show. When we returned our right. conversation with John Kelly's retired sheriff sergeant, 30 years in law enforcement, he is also a life coach. He's written a book. He dedicates his life to helping other first responders. We're gonna talk about so much more. This is Law Enforcement Day Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neurotreatment. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. For free 24-7 information, call 833-776-1420 or online at FHEHealth.com. Flintstone Media has been the digital messaging bedrock of several brands and businesses, serving as a highly resourceful podcast production house and consultancy firm for over six years. Work with a leader in the industry and add a new podcast to your brand's content offerings. From show development and set up through recording and distribution, Jemmy will lend her experience launching dozens of podcasts and producing over a thousand episodes, making creating your show a simple and easy turnkey process for you. Visit Flintstonemedia.com for podcast samples. That's Flintstonemedia.com. Returning to our conversation with John Kelly on the Law Enforcement Today Show, John, by the way, is retired. Sheriff Sergeant, 30 years in law enforcement in Broward County, Florida. He is also a life coach. His website is lawenforcementlifecoach.com. He has a book called Surviving Self-Inflicted Wounds, a Deputy's Life of Redemption. You can find it on Amazon. We'll talk about that later on. When we look back in her career, John, I, one of the things I've done is I've gotten older. Maybe, I don't want to say more introspective, but sometimes people ask me questions. And when did the things start to change? And there's a point in my law enforcement career where I began to change and it wasn't dramatic, but by the end, it was very dramatic. Almost a where was like someone pulled a rug out from under me. I wasn't the same guy I used to be, right. but there's so much violence before that, that took its toll. Did you encounter any of that in your career?
1: I got to tell you. Um, so, you know, I'm not big for, for war stories, but if I could tell you this one story, it kind of set the stage for my whole career. I grew up in Boston and I grew up in a neighborhood where really there was no race, believe it or not. I know in Boston, right? There was no race so black, white. We all hung out together. We, we did athletics together. And so I'm, I moved to South Florida with that experience. And then I, I, I found myself in, in West Fort Lauderdale, uh, handling calls and, and race started really becoming a, an issue. And I was kind of looking around, scratching my head going, you know, this is the early 90s. I'm going, what's you know what's everybody's problem? And I, I had a call. It was a guy dealing drugs. And I, I made a bunch of rookie mistakes, right? I, I canceled my backup. I got this. No worries. And uh, I ended up going out with the guy. And he spun off the wall on me and knocked me on my butt. And uh, he didn't try getting away. He stayed. And uh, we continued to fight. He was reaching over a fence for a bag. Uh, I later find out that the bag's got a loaded three fifty seven in it. Uh, he can't get to the bag. I bring him over the fence. Now he's on my gun. He's trying to kill me. I've been on the job for less than a month and a half. A guy I don't know, <laughs> I've never met before in my life, wants to kill me now. And um, that was the beginning of me going, what the Am I getting myself into here? I why does this guy have such a, so much animosity to me? Right. And and so the fight continues. Um I I secure my primary. I reached for my back had a little backup piece on my ankle, a little thirty eight. That got removed during the fight. I it's it's not even within arm's reach. I see it in the dirt. It, it's just it's going bad so quickly. And um he finally abandons his attempt to take my gun and he gets up and starts running. Well, I start chasing him and we're running through a housing project. I finally managed to tackle him and I- I'm done. You-, you know what it's like yep, to fight. You're somebody. You're- I-, yeah. I am done. I don't have, and now I'm still trying to get him secured. I'm smashing him, smashing him in the head with my handcuffs and now a crowd forms because they didn't see, <laughs> they didn't see the last, you know, five minutes you know around the corner now all they see is this white cop smashing this black guy in the head with handcuffs and i got 20 people surrounding me ready to jump me and now you know i've got my gun drawn on them trying to get them back i'm trying to secure this guy and you know i hear the sirens right i hear the sirens i know they're coming and um i'm able to secure him the cavalry arrives the crowds Disperses and flees in all directions, and you know, nobody else gets hurt. But I gotta tell you, that was like my welcome to Broward County. Yeah, and uh, I just went, What the heck just happened? I, you know, uh, in so why, many ways, why I, why I've had experiences
0: happen? like that that you know, similar but different. But one of the questions I have, I'm gonna ask you that I felt is, Here's this guy trying to kill me, he don't even know me, right. And to to this day, it's awfully hard. And I don't know how to explain to people. It's awfully hard not to take it personal when someone's trying to kill you.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, and that's the thing I think that people don't realize is that he didn't know anything about John Kelly. I, I didn't have hate in my heart, but did he not bring it, you know? And so it's that, you know, that baptism, like, oh, this is the way it is. It's, it, you, you know, and I, I was very naive. Like I, I thought that, you know, well, no, I'm just, you know, I'm out here. I'm serve and protect. I'm going to take care of people. And, you know, and uh, nobody's going to have a problem with that. And, you know, I'm, the, yeah, the rug got pulled out from underneath me pretty quick and, and very early on. Um, and, um, you know, that was one of three attempts on my life during my 30 year career. And, um, you know, that kept me up at night. <laughs> you I'm know, sure it I'm did. Just does it to, still bother to you? Out,
0: does it bother you from time to time now?
1: That call doesn't. That that engagement doesn't. Um, there are others that you know when you find yourself in the middle of a situation that you've got no control over, but you're in your mind, you're supposed to. Um, you know that that was that was like my first violent encounter. And so, I didn't have any skill sets. I didn't have. Right. I didn't know how to cope, right? I just...
0: Well, I'm sure the after effect was, was tougher. Because, look, we didn't get trained, contrary to what people believe, we didn't get a lot of training in use of force. And we got right. zero training on how do you deal with the after effects? Here's right. one of the questions I have. In one of the shootings I was in, a thought came to my mind, and I know it's not as polite as I have to say for radio... But I began the thought, came to my mind, that this guy's trying to kill me. I'm going to die, but it's not going to be tonight, and it won't be because of this guy. And I was prepared to do whatever it took to survive. And that meant really primeval stuff. Uh, Some people call it prehistoric. And it's not part of my history I'm proud of, but I was never raised to be that guy.
1: Right. Yeah. If I was to tell you that I bit somebody in a fight— down and i mean who bites people animals animals bite people right but when you're when you're when you're fighting to survive every day right it's no wonder we have the troubles that we have in our lives it's not a normal life to be fighting for your life every day and not and by the way if I may add not knowing when that day is gonna be right we didn't get the schedule oh today you're gonna be assaulted uh, around two or three o'clock someone's gonna shoot at you uh, come four or five o'clock you're gonna go to a domestic there's gonna be a knife but be careful because you're constantly you're in this hyper state of alertness waiting for for what's coming around the corner, not knowing if that's going to be the day you don't go home
0: right and that's, that's what's the old crazy. saying in, in law enforcement the old saying is complacency kills and the moment you let right. down your guard it's quite often it could be the last or it could be one where you are left with lifelong injuries we are talking with John Kelly retired sheriff sergeant 30 years on law enforcement he is uh, the law enforcement life coach goes to his website lawenforcementlifecoach.com or check his book surviving self-inflicted wounds deputies life of redemption this is the law enforcement Today show we're going to take a short break we'll be right back Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. Hey, folks, when you have a chance, check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. When you get there, click like and follow. As click, like, and follow Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. Return a conversation with retired Sheriff Sergeant John Kelly. Served thirty years in law enforcement in Broward County Sheriff's Department. He is a life coach. His website is lawenforcementlifecoach.com. He's written the book, Surviving Self-Inflicted Wounds, Deputies, Life of Redemption. You can find it on Amazon. And we're going to talk more about his story in a little bit. I'm going back to your law enforcement career. And thanks for talking about that that first incident where it really was life and death and how it impacted you. I'm sure you right. encountered more in
1: 30 years. Oh, it, it. It it was, you know, daily would daily would be exaggerating it, but it was weekly. There there was always something dealing with somebody attacking me was one thing. Right. Um, But as you know, often we get called to 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 scenes of um, of just brutal, brutal treatment of others. Right. And uh, we're called to make sense of it. And um, there was there was one night I got a call. The neighbors were calling because the, a, a baby was crying, was screaming. Um, it was like a disturbance call. You know, like, hey, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm going to knock on the door, you know, tell the people, hey, quiet the kid down. You know, put him in the car seat, take him for a ride, do something because you're, you're keeping the whole apartment complex up. And um, I get to the door and the, the, the kid is is still wailing and I, I, I get into the door to find out what's going on. And I, I look at the father and he's, he's sweating profusely. And I'm, I do a quick scan. The kid is laying like on the couch and um, there's an extension cord on the table. And I'm looking at the kid and the kid doesn't look right. It, it, I'm talking about a baby. It's like, now. Nah. Nah, this can't be. And I do a little further investigation. He's beating this kid, this baby, with an extension cord because it's crying. Yeah. And uh, again, John, I'm 24 years old. I don't, I don't know. I don't know any of this, man. I, I've never seen any of this. The, the, the kid is, is got wealth and, and, and abrasions, it's, it's hard to tell what the is going on with this kid and the kids getting beat because it's crying, right? Babies cry, right? Babies cry because they're hungry, they're tired or, or or, or they need to be changed. One of the three. And the, the, the father's response to, 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 to nurture that child was to beat it with an extension cord. You want to talk about a call that stays with you there, John, you and I are the same, man. There's, Dude, there's, there's I'm, I'm
0: disturbed. Cause it reminds me of the ones I've been
1: through. Right. You, you, the and kids I ones think, are the worst cause you'd never get rid yeah. of them. No, I, so I, I end up, I end up losing it and I go after him. Um, I came, I've never come that close to killing somebody with my bare hands. Um, and i had a couple got a couple of my buddies pull me off them. i i lost it and uh, i got you know the, the the baby went to the hospital he went to jail and uh, i sat in my car and cried
0: yeah oh, i'm i'm right there with you i've cried many times in a patrol car
1: and, many uh, times and i got to tell you so i uh and i was still drinking at the time so i got home that night and uh I didn't need an excuse to drink, but tonight was special. You know, I said, I am, I, I, I gotta, I'm, I gotta do, I gotta do something about this. Every time I closed my eyes, I saw that kid. I heard those screams that went on for weeks. And then finally, you know, one of my partners was like, what's wrong with you, man? You know, you're, you there's something wrong. And I said, you know what, man, you want to know what's wrong with me? I said, I can't get that picture of that kid out of my head. (laughs) Every time I close my eyes, I see her, I hear her and I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed for not, not protecting her. I'm ashamed for not killing her father. And I, I said, I don't know what to do about it. You know? And that's, that's one call over a 30 year career that, 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 carved a trench in my heart that i uh i was sitting in my office recalling that story when i was writing my book and my wife walked into my office and she looked at me and i was in tears and she's like what are you doing i go i looked up because i wasn't there john i was i was back i was reliving it again right and she said whatever you're doing just stop stop and then I finally, I looked up at her and, and she was just like, what, what is wrong? And I told her, I told her the story. She goes, you never told me that. I
0: go, right, which is. It's not exactly dinner conversation. Right. Know?
1: Why would I Why would I share that horror? Why would thing, I burden you with that? You know, I know nowadays
0: so, that we're supposed to talk more with our spouses. I didn't. And it, here's the reason why, John, maybe you can relate. Part of it was they worried enough. I didn't want them to worry more, number one. Right. Number two, I, I was trying to find a way to mentally, psychologically undress and get out of that state of mind. Mind. Right, and
1: the, the, yeah, I couldn't 100%, accomplish either one. One hundred percent. We we you know we don't we don't want to burden them with what we're exposed to, um and you know part of it is right. We it would be unfair for me to share that with her. It, it, I would what so both of us can can be upset and cry. Yeah. I mean that doesn't make sense. Um but you know as as we you know as you know as we move forward in this thing of ours you know talking with our partners that know what it's like to hold broken bodies you know that's where the therapy comes in right that we can we can talk to each other like and and take the tough guy shirt off for a second and just be human right yeah. just be be real um I think that's the way we get through things. A lot
0: of what we did, John, I'm an old school guy. So when we had really bad nights, and I, I'm not proud of this, but it did work uh, up to a, a degree. We would, you know, buy a case of beer and go to a parking lot and hang out and drink beer yeah. and talk. And that's what we did. And Shears in a, in a way, it was uh, a way of decompressing, or we call it critical incident stress debriefing now. Uh, how would the alcohol yeah. turn into a problem? And when we return, we're going to talk about your struggles with alcohol and substances because, A, it's not unique. I, I want people to understand no. this. I love law enforcement people. The best people I know on the planet are law enforcement people. However, the, the job takes a toll. Uh, before we go to break, you said something earlier. You signed up for this. I thought I knew. I really thought I knew what I was coming towards me. I really didn't have a clue. Did you?
1: You know, um, it's like anything else, John. The, you know, everything looks good on paper until you, you you go to actually do it, right? Until you go to implement the plan, and uh, it's really night and day for what you what you thought you were getting yourself into to the the actual reality of the job. Nothing like I thought it was ever going to be. Or have the impact
0: that it had. And here we sit, a couple old timers. We can look back at our careers and say, "Yeah, this is I could have done this better." And and you know, one thing when you had the incident with the guy who was beating his child, I get it. I understand. I've been there. That's the idea of the squad concept. I call it where everybody has a bad day, has a bad moment, has a breaking point, and you get them and you say, "Go to the car. I got it from here. We'll take over." And sometimes they need you to do that. Uh, But that's something that we all did. Uh, This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We're going to take a short break. Return to our conversation with John Kelly. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. John discovered a cool new app, and he just can't put it down because it has millions of great podcasts, including Law Enforcement Today. So now you can listen anytime, anywhere, and also chat with John. It's called Podopolo. It's free on either app store, so join John there. Follow Law Enforcement Today and DM John when you do. That's Podopolo. Download it now. Has this ever happened to you? You sign up for a free email newsletter, and within hours, you're receiving tons of spam. That won't happen when you subscribe for the free Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter. We won't spam you. No more than two emails a week. I promise all subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests sign up at letradioshow.com scroll down to the sign up area that's letradioshow.com this is the law enforcement Day show returning our conversation with john kelly 30 years in law enforcement retired sergeant from the broward county florida sheriff's department He is the Law Enforcement Life Coach. His website is lawenforcementlifecoach.com. His book, Surviving Self-Inflicted Wounds, Deputy's Life of Redemption, available on Amazon. Is it fair to say, John, during your career, I already know this answer. All the violence, all the trauma, all the things that you went through had a profound impact on you. You talked about alcohol abuse. You talked about other things. Did it come at you sideways in ways you didn't expect or most people wouldn't think would be logical
1: you know it's um when you spend the day with crazy and insane then crazy and insane become your new norm and i never really understood that until i had some time to reflect and look back When you're in the middle of it, you know, the insanity starts becoming normal when it happens at at the level and and, and the amount of repetition that it it, it occurs at. Um, And so we end up surrounding ourselves with people that are like-minded, right? And and that kind of condone what we're doing. And so we're all in it together. But, you know, by, by being in it together, you know, we're condoning eventually very some some very self-destructive and unacceptable behavior yeah. but and but as long as everybody in the group is doing what I'm doing then I must be normal and it's only until you take a you know a, a hard critical look you know stepping outside that group that you realize that nothing that you're doing is normal you're, you, and your responses and reactions to the things that you've had to deal with aren't normal and it's it it calls into question you know what what are we doing how do we how do we cope how do we manage what happens when we don't and you know mentioned the the title of my book a couple times surviving self-inflicted wounds you know i was the biggest threat to me not going home john you know there were there were several attempts on my life over my 30-year career but the, the guy who almost took me out for real
0: was me? Yeah, I, I get it. Was me? I think. Was it? Uh, it sounds like you're similar in age to me, a little bit younger. But Joseph Wamba, I, I grew up reading his books and seeing right. his TV shows. And and one of the premises that he has, and I'm gonna paraphrase it for radio, is that when you work in, let's just say, a psychologically damaged state all the time, when you deal with people in their worst situations, eventually everybody turns into a piece of, you know what. And eventually right. you turn into king of the pieces of you know what. Uh, and right. that's where your life starts to fall apart. Things that are important your marriage, your relationships, your psychological peace of mind, your physical health from drinking or other substances that all comes into play. And all of a sudden, and I, it sounds funny the guy who was a choir boy, when he came on the job, I say guy, that means men and women, they're phenomenal. They're great people. You've right. vit- them. Uh, three years later, they're, they're, they've left their, their spouse. They're living in a basement apartment with some stripper. Right. No, and you're totally out of control. Like, they're like a
1: lunatic. You're like, the what the happened? Heck? Yeah. What the heck just happened? Um, you know, my, my theory on all that, John, is we're kind of predisposed to... The, you know, one of the things we got involved in, in law enforcement, I think, is because we like to be problem solvers, right? We liked we like the challenge of solving a problem. I I know that there was no greater joy that I would experience getting out of the car, complete chaos, right? And then making sense of it and, and restoring calm. And, you know, we do that for total strangers, right? We fix their problems daily. Um, with little information, with no background on their family. We step into situations and we're able to diagnose pretty accurately what's going on and how we need to fix it. We do that for total strangers. But when it comes to our own personal lives, <laughs> using those same skill sets to, to, to work on us and to figure out the problems that we have, we don't, we don't do that. We turn a blind eye to it and you know that's the the craziness of all of this is that we're so good at fixing everyone else at the expense of ever taking care of ourselves and looking at the lives that we create for ourselves uh,
0: yeah and it's um, not just us it's our our spouses our children it, all these people right. pay a toll they take it takes a toll on them because you change look my hats off to the the law enforcement officers that they leave the same way they came in I don't believe there are many of those. There, there are. I was going to
1: say, I was going to call you out on that, John. I don't, I don't think I there's many. No I think one, you're
0: going to get no dinged one, one way or another, to some degree or another.
1: No it, one, no one leaves this profession the same way they came in. <laughs> and if they and you. if they tell you that they did, they're full of it. I
0: agree with you hundred percent. You've taken your career, your life experience in law enforcement, and how it negatively impacted you and those close to you without going into a lot of details and you use that as a motivation to help others to turn around and say, Hey, I'm going to give back. I get how that adds some value to your
1: pain of your past. Is, is that a fair way of explaining it? There has to be some sense of the pain, right? It can't be for nothing. That's my view. It can't, the things I've done, the, the pain I've caused the people that I love, it can't be for nothing. And so I developed this program, called sometimes heroes need help and it's a proactive wellness program that addresses the personal professional financial physical and mental health of our first responders and i talk about alcoholism and addiction and my thoughts and of wanting to hurt myself and how you avoid falling in the holes that i fell into and then the importance of you know if you do fall into a hole, how do you get out of it? More importantly, and the role that we play in each other's lives and the importance of being there and you know, we're not talking about some thin blue line, you know, bumper sticker on the back of your car, but actually showing up, actually being part of the solution. And this initiative that it's near and dear to my heart because. You know, if not me, then who? If not right. you, then who? Right. We, we owe that to our brothers and sisters. We owe that to the communities that we serve. I'm glad you said that. To be the absolute best that we can be. I,
0: when, when I call for help, I want the best to show up. And I want them to be under A game. I don't want someone who's severely
1: damaged. Right. We owe that. We owe that to each other as human beings, right? And and so the, the initiative is is about taking a proactive approach to your mental health and your physical health and wellness, and 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 truly showing up and being part of each other's solutions. Um,
0: and was that a, a dominant theme in your book?
1: That so the dominant theme in my book is really is. is it's repeated in in almost every chapter is about you taking care of you, you know, you know, that adage, you can't be there for them if you're not there for you and the importance of that and the importance of not losing yourself and, and, and knowing who you are and having a moral compass and, and realizing that perfect doesn't exist, man, because when we strive for perfection, we really set ourselves up to fail, right? So it's about being, I want to be better today than I was yesterday. Yeah. And if I can do that, that constant never-ending improvement, I'm going to have a balanced life of peace and love and understanding and compassion and empathy. And, and that's what this is about, man. It's and the a, book it's is about called being a better human.
0: Surviving Self-Inflicted Wounds, Deputy's Life of Redemption. You can find it on Amazon.com. And I want to change direction really quickly. You have a website, lawenforcementlifecoach.com. What is all that about?
1: So lawenforcementlifecoach.com. Is a website that's full of resources and material, and links to programs that will empower and help be part of the solution that you may need moving forward. I also have links to a, 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 my podcast and in the in the book and some other things. And my speaking engagements and, and, you know, what I do and how I do it. And it gives you the background story on the website about the initiatives and the different organizations that we're working with. And that's called
0: LawEnforcementLifeCoach.com. John, thanks so much for your service and for me, a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Very much appreciated.
1: It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.